0: Welcome to Red Lips and Eye Rolls. I'm Katara, and this is my show where I'll be encouraging you to live a life full of power and belonging. My work is to not only give you tools to belong to yourself, but to also cultivate cultures where black, indigenous, and women of color belong. I'm an expert eye roller that loves a red lip that we'll be having some great conversations with some awesome people. I'll also be dropping some wisdom on you and giving you tips, tricks, and tools to live the life that you desire and the life that you deserve. So sit back and enjoy the show. Rachel Ricketts is our guest today. Rachel is a thought leader and an outspoken champion for black and indigenous women. And that includes women of color, trans women, and non-binary folks in our healing. As a racial justice educator, spiritual activist, changemaker, and author, she educates white folks on their role in perpetuating white supremacy and helps folks of color heal from internalized oppression and helps everyone end global oppression in all forms. She has helped numerous global brands with anti racism, including Google, WeWork, Creative Live, Lululemon, and more. She was named one of Well and Good's 2020 changemakers. Her work has been featured in New York Times, Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, and more. And she's on the show today. Let's tune in to our combo with Rachel. Rachel, welcome to the show. I'm so thrilled. To have you on, and that you would take some time out of your day to sit down and chat with us on red lips and eye rolls. Thank you for having me, yeah, glad you're here. I'd like to take just a few minutes for you to tell my listeners, introduce yourself, and uh, what you do and what you're about and all the things. Um okay,
1: I mean, I'm a classic millennial, so I do a hundred things and <laughs> and a classic <laughs> black woman. um but uh i am an author speaker healer uh and racial justice educator i usually these days wrap all of that up into a title that i'm just calling change maker um so i lead folks through uh anti-racist, anti-oppressive education um, in person and online. And I write about these topics um, and all of that is um, under the guise of something that I call spiritual activism. So I incorporate culturally informed, um, heart-centered, embodied um, spiritual offerings for us to infuse in uh, the work that we're doing, which is really about unpacking, unlearning um, and processing grief and trauma in various manifestations, because I believe um that all forms of oppression um, arise are rooted in and manifest as as grief and trauma so um that's the the short answer
0: awesome. um what led you like like your journey, your life journey as it unfolded um what led you to become a racial justice educator, speaker, healer, author? Um, all the things that you're doing, what led to that? yeah, um that's so when I get asked this a lot and uh
1: I feel like um it's uh, that's these are who I am and who I've always been mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and so the process really um was more of like kind of like being an ice ice a block of ice being sculpted into you know a sculpture um something that seems clear (laughs) to myself and others, but, uh, it's really a culmination of all of my personal and, you know, professional experiences growing up as, um, a black girl identified human in a predominantly white space, um, which was a traumatic experience and, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. being raised by a single mother who was, uh, chronically ill. And um, wound up um, differently abled as a result of her chronic illness and part of the um, social welfare system and um, all of the uh, personal experiences that you know I had as a result of that and witnessing the struggles that my mother had and you know the struggles that we had together as a unit um, and always having a really deep sense of liberation, fairness, justice in my mind and what wanted to strive for a world that, you know was more liberated was more fair was more equi- equitable um for all as a result of the the oppression that i experienced um growing mm. up and so that led me to become a lawyer an attorney um which i did for many years uh, which i don't even talk about anymore <laughs> um mm. and and then leaving that life because um uh for many many reasons one of which being like operating in those spaces as a black woman identified person was um you know, exceptionally oppressive and soul crushing. Um, Mm -hmm. and just realizing that that's not how my talents can best be utilized on this planet. Um, and then, um, the year after I quit private practice, um, my mother decided that she, uh, was done struggling in, in her, um, health situation and wanted to elect to end her life, which um, where I lived was not legal at the time. And so that was a huge fight arguing for her right to die with dignity and doing so Mm -hmm. within, um, you know, oppressive white supremacist medical establishment. Mm -hmm. Um, But which we ultimately um, did with a lot of fight and vigor. And then in the aftermath of, of my mother passing, you know, she was um, my only parent and really my closest Uh, person, family member and friend. And then in the aftermath of losing her, the grief that I experienced as a result Mm. um, was, was, you know, crushing. And though I'm someone who's done a lot of, you know, spiritual work, therapy, um, inner work, you just can't prepare yourself for something like that. And what I, Mm. what I really realized though, was not only was I grieving the physical loss of my mother, um, but all of the loss and all of the grief as I was alluding to earlier, that we had experienced, you know, that I had experienced individually yeah. witnessed witnessing her experience and that we had experienced together as a result of navigating white supremacist, heteropatriarchy, um, and all the oppression that we faced. And so I realized very quickly that the biggest grief I was experiencing was a result of all these systems and institutions mm-hmm. of oppression, um, that even led my mother to be someone who had this, uh, Chronic illness, and had to 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 wind up in the situation that she had to wind up in, and she didn't have to. She didn't have to wind up there. Could have looked mm-hmm. very different. Mm-hmm. Um, had she looked different, <laughs> so mm-hmm. so that that all culminated um, and wound up in me fusing my you know um, legal education, my spiritual gleanings um, and education, and uh, my grief work all together into this um, anti-oppressive, racial justice work because it all it is all of those things
0: it's mm, So powerful. Wow. Man, so powerful. When, you, you know, was there, and I ask this and I I don't know that this is a great question anymore. I've asked it a couple of times. And I'm like, hmm, I need to rephrase this question. <laughs> but was there like a moment for you where you were like, this is it. This is my work. Was mm. it your experience with your mom? Was it You know what I mean? Like where it's like, okay, this, this, this is it. I have to do this. Mm, I think that's a great question.
1: Um, (laughs) I, I think there was many small moments. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I was practicing law, I practiced a variety of, of, um, different forms of law, but under the arch of corporate law, which is, you know, just predominantly making, um, people with the most power and privilege, more powerful and more privileged. So that's um, <laughs> one of the many reasons it didn't align for me. But when I was right, doing I that it. job, um, and I knew that it's not what I wanted to do forever. I mean, I knew that before I even graduated law school. But I I was trying to figure out what the other thing was. And um, I had a friend tell me, you know, she had started a business and she was like, um, I'm not going to paraphrase this as eloquently as she did it. She says something along the lines of, you know, you're, you want to create a business based on something that like you, there's, there's this burning inside of you and there's, there's nothing else that you could do. Like, this mm-hmm. is the thing that you need to do. You may not even want to start that business. It's just like this, this, this needs to come out of me. I don't mm-hmm. see this in the world. There's like a gap, there's something missing. Um, and, and I need to bring it into existence. And I remember thinking like, that's really wise advice, but I had no idea what that was at the time. Mm. Um and so the closest answer I can come to is when I had this realization I would say after you know many months of moving through grief in general not just about death but realizing that the grief is this like massively expansive thing that we don't talk about at all mm. <laughs> and that we all experience mm. all the time um, yeah. around loss and change. And I think people can really sit in that now that we're in the midst of a pandemic. Yes. Um, that grief is really quite pervasive, more pervasive than we, we have been um, alluding to or giving ourselves credit for other people,
0: mm-hmm. um, credit or
1: acknowledgement of. Um, when I really sat with the expansiveness of it and how it really, at the end of the day, came back to these systems of oppression and my personal experiences with those systems of oppression, that for me was the like, oh, OK, mm-hmm. because I had wonder, you know, I've taken um, I have a diploma in, you know, intercultural education and training, which is just a really polite Canadian way of talking about anti-racism. Um, <laughs> and so I've, and like I said, I've always been doing this work and always been passionate about it and really kind of got curious at a certain point. Like, I wonder how all of these random, supposedly random things I've done in my life will come together. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the thing. And also people started asking me to do this work before mm-hmm. I was doing it. So that was also for me like a, hmm, like you're asking me to talk to you about right. this or educate you on this or like walk your business through this. Um, interesting. Right. Like what's that about? And then um, being able to have the 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 privilege of time and rest um, and perspective uh, and, and healing to really sit with all of those pieces and be like, ah, okay, because that's like, this is really what I was put on this planet to do, which is really really how I feel like without question this is the work I was put on the planet to do this is why I'm here without question um but it's taken a lot of a lot of different um you know sidesteps I don't even like calling sidesteps because all, all of it had to happen in order for me to get exactly where I am right now but if you had told me five years ago that I'd be doing this never would have believed you. <laughs>
0: Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that there's something really powerful with sitting with our truth and staring Mm -hmm. our truth in the face um, and sitting in our grief and our pain and our, you know, the oppression and all of it. And there's something really powerful when we sit with that um, that can really come out of us. Yeah. When we don't run from it. When we don't um, keep it moving, get up, you know, keep things moving. But when we actually like push the pause button and really s- try to sit with that, it's really awesome. Um, I'd like you to chat a little bit about the importance of racial justice right now. You touched on the pandemic, COVID 19, um, just the importance of it right now, spiritual activism right now during this pandemic. Man, have we seen some stuff? That's always been there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> things that's always mm-hmm. been there, mm-hmm. but, um, there's a spotlight that's really, um, shining on it. Um, so can we, t- can you talk a little bit about the importance of racial justice right now?
1: Yeah. I mean, if, you know, the first thing I have to say is what you said. This isn't, um, it's not wildly different, mm. <laughs> um, from the reality of the world, you know, six months ago. Um. So that I think is really an important point (laughs) to -hmm. make because it, and I talk about this in my work a lot, you know, especially when I talk to um, white women, majority of folks I'm, I'm speaking to like, this might be new to you, but this is not new. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, we need to acknowledge that Um, you're late. I'm glad you're here and you're late. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you haven't really, really, um, recognized or affirmed the depth of the inequities that exist you know globally uh and of course particularly in america um that's a privilege that's mm-hmm. that's a result of your power privilege so um that's not a shame making statement that's just a fact and it's important that we acknowledge that Mm. Um, and that I think is really important for us to even begin to really unpack what's going on right now, because this didn't like randomly happen, right? All of these systems were designed and, and very intentionally curated and set up hundreds of years ago so that there would be these inequities in, at play, very intentionally designed, not a mistake, not an oopsies. Um, so, and they don't have to be this way. Right. They absolutely. This absolutely does not have to look like this.
0: Right. We don't have
1: to accept this either. And we shouldn't. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so we really need to have an understanding of like why we're here, <laughs> what got us here, how we've been playing into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and really sitting with, and this for me, this is the bigger piece around spiritual activism and how it plays in. Like our, our um, emotional response and responsibility in this, because we're in a really challenging time. Although you know, oppressed identities live in really challenging times all the fucking time, right? Um, <laughs> all the fucking time,
0: yes, so all the this, fucking time,
1: all the fucking time. And um, if we are not able to to face our pain, face our wounds, face the full spectrum of our human emotions which includes grief and anger and rage and sadness and shame and all of these things guilt um then we can't i don't see how we really shift any of this this is not a neck up exercise this is not i can't like educate my brain out of these systems education is incredibly important right we need to have an understanding but like that's that's mm-hmm. one piece. I don't even think it's the larger piece. That's part of how heteropatriarchy works is for us to think mm-hmm. we can think our way out of things. Yes. Um, we can't and we have to care about each other. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how else to say that. We have to care about each other. And so I really see this pandemic even though a lot of this is not new, it's just aggravated or being highlighted, especially for people who have had the privilege of not witnessing it or really paying that much attention to it previously. Um, it's an opportunity for really, really great collective change and a massive global collective awakening, which we were already doing, right? But this mm-hmm, is like, mm-hmm. this is spirit, soul, universe, higher power, or mother nature, whatever you want to call it, being like, okay, <laughs> like mm-hmm. y'all were getting there, but we, we need to, we need to quickly. We're going like, to we, we have this that after. kind of time yes exactly so here's your opportunity we are at the door we are the precipice of so much possibility um but what the fuck we do with that is on us yes Um, and really on the people who have the most power and privilege because the rest of us have been saying this fighting for this striving towards Mm -hmm. this forever Mm -hmm. for centuries exactly Um, so i hold a lot of hope uh in what's possible Mm -hmm. but you know i'm I'm a black woman identified person i'm not holding my breath (laughs) I, right. right um my ancestors have been saying the, literally mm. the same shit for hundreds of years so hundreds of years whether yeah. this changes i don't know um but i also know uh that we are, are running on limited time right so in the midst of all of these forms of oppression we're also dealing with the ways in which we've oppressed the planet environmentally and mm-hmm. like we can truly only even be on this planet so much longer if we continue operating the way we have been. Um, So that's what I say. This isn't our first opportunity to make massive shifts. It might be our last. Mm. Just straight up. Um, So what we do with that is on us.
0: hope you're enjoying this combo with Rachel. We're going to get back to it in just a moment. I wanted to make sure that I highlight Rachel's resources. If you go to rachelricketts.com, hit the resource page, hit anti-racism, scroll down to workshops and education. I want you to take her Spiritual Activism 101 and 102 Anti-Racism and Inclusion Workshops. This is a great place for you to start if you're beginning to learn about how to practice anti-racism. I also want to tell you about her support for Black, Indigenous, and women of color. You can hit that button as well. There is a fund that Rachel has created for Black women, brown women, women of color who are in need during this pandemic. Please give to that fund. If you are a black, indigenous woman of color that is in need, there's an application on her website that you can fill out, and they will get resources to you if you are in financial need. I want to make sure that you take her classes, Rachel's classes, really support the work that she's doing, and pay her for her work, and yeah, do all the things. Now, let's get back to our combo with Rachel. Yeah. Oh, I got chills. Mm, mm, mm. Yep. You dropping, dropping some wisdom bombs all over the place. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Um, you're, I mean, is it exhausting? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you tired, sis?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will say it is exhausting, but it to me, and this is different, right? For everyone, mm-hmm. but for me, it is less exhausting to To speak about these things and do do the the part that I can play, the part that I can play, um, is less exhausting than the majority of my life, which was um, being silent. (laughs) I don't I don't say I was ever really silent, um, but I was. I prioritized. um, I definitely prioritized white supremacy, capitalism, and heteropatriarchy above my own needs, well-being, comfort, care, and definitely above the needs, comfort, well-being, care of other oppressed identities. And that Mm -hmm. to me is unacceptable and Mm -hmm. causes me way more exhaustion and harm um, at this point in my life than uh, what I do now.
0: That's so good. I'm so glad you said that because I have felt that way. Um, And it was hard for me to name that or to say what what was really happening. I think that uh, for years... You know, I did the same thing, and in the last five years, I'm like, wait, I gotta. I'm a black woman. I'm biologically biracial, but was raised by black my black family. My white mother abandoned me at the hospital, so mm. never never knew my white family. Mm. Was raised in a black home. Well, my I was adopted, so it was two black women in a black community, um, black family, and so I identify as a black woman and have never been mistaken for a white woman, (laughs) (laughs) never been mistaken for a white woman. And, and so I have, I have experienced, um, those oppressive systems and it is exhausting to submit to it or to try to shrug it off or ignore it. And I think in the last five years for me, I feel the same way. Like speaking up feels like more of a release or even mm. brings more energy um, mm. a, a, and even more creativity on how to use my voice mm. than before feeling like I really wasn't being true to myself or honoring me or my mother or my grandmother or honoring my ancestors or like, I wasn't doing that. And that felt like more work, felt more exhausting. So I would have to yeah. believe I, you saying that I'm like, yes, 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 yes. That's, that's it. That's, yeah, I've totally experienced that. Um, what gets you up in the morning? What drives you? What's your passion? Like,
1: um, I mean, I think as an extension of what we were just saying, I was about to say, you know, and that's true for us. And also that that was a process, right? And so right. Um, making it super clear, like this wasn't, this is still an ongoing process. There's still things mm-hmm. that I feel really comfortable about now that I, like a year or two ago, I'm like, I would have never mm-hmm. um, said that mm-hmm. or gone there. Uh, and 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 you know, if you are committed to this work of of anti-oppression, racial justice, like you're constantly learning, so mm-hmm. you know, and constantly expanding and evolving. So that kind of should be the case. Yeah. Um, you know, like two years from now, I can't, I'll be like, I can't believe I said that. Thing. I know. That's not, you know, and that's fun. There's no shame in that. We should be growing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, because a huge part of of this process for me was um, forgiving myself um, mm-hmm. for playing small um, yeah. and for um allowing myself to be, you know, stereotyped or put in a box or to be around just so many fucking toxic people. Mm-hmm. Um like all of that. Um I talk about racial justice as an act of healing because it is, and I don't just mean that for um black folks or indigenous folks or people of like, color, it's it's an act of healing for everybody because all of us are mired in these systems that cause all of us harm in different ways. Um, and so I what gets me up in the morning is, um, just doing whatever the fuck it is I can, what's in my mm-hmm. wheelhouse, what's in my gifts um, and power to do to create a more liberated planet, especially so that um, other other little black girls really don't have to grow up in really brutally violent toxic environments like I did. that that's yeah. um, one of the many things, but also so that we can all live a more liberated, connected, heartfelt, glorious, joyful, rested life. Like I just believe we all yeah. deserve that. And right now, people of color do not get that, especially not Black or Indigenous um, woman-identified or femme folks. So mm-hmm. that that's what gets me up in the morning.
0: Yeah. You talked about um, forgiving yourself and being okay with saying things today that you may look back two years from now and be like, oh, like cringe. Like, I can't believe I said that. And for me, that's something that's a, a, a bit of a hesitation when I'm speaking out. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I think that that is a huge hesitation for white people. Yep. Um, those that benefit from white supremacy. What would be your, you know, advice for those people? <laughs> Get, over Get
1: over it. Um Yes. Like I hear that, and I have compassion for it, and that's about you. So you're centering yourself yes. and your comfort, and I'm not here to center you or your comfort. Mm-hmm. I'm here to center the comfort and well-being of the pe- people who have been most oppressed, and the people who, to be real, y'all are oppressing, you know, intentionally mm-hmm. or otherwise. I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. Impact over intention. So I talk a lot about this in my um, in my offerings, like this. Can, this need to be good and right that um, really gets in the way of doing the work um, need to be good and right and need to be seen as good and right. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, these are, this is how white supremacist capitalist heteropatriarchy works. So um, we're all steeped in, in that. And, and it looks different depending on, on the identity that you um, occupy, but we're all steeped in it and it shows up in different ways and we need to be able to acknowledge it and then move past it. (laughs) Like, I have compassion yeah. for it and I don't have time. Like, we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic that's literally allowing for state-sanctioned murder murdered of black and indigenous people more right. so than normal. So I don't really have time for your discomfort. I need you to get to work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, just start start doing just it.
1: Just start and, doing it.
0: And that's something that I talk to, you know, my white friends, people, family, like, hey, like, do it. Be clumsy. Mm-hmm. Be, com- mm-hmm. be clumsy with it and be open for correction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, It's like, do something though, right? Say something, (laughs) get involved. Like we need, we need you to get involved. We need you to speak up and it's okay to be clumsy. And that's something that I've definitely had to even look at my own self and say, okay, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I'm like, oh gosh, I should have took that, I should have took these classes in college or maybe I need to go back to school or I need to, you know, it's like, okay, Katara, like you have to, I, and it's not even like, I don't feel like, I guess I do have a choice, but it feels like for me, like I have to say something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I cannot not say something. And so if, like you said, if that means, you know, I say something and a year or two later, I look back and it's like, it's okay. It's like, let it go, but do something, lean into it, get involved, um,
1: Yeah. I mean, if you are putting your, I mean, so I talk about this a lot too. If you're not willing to risk anything or lose anything, you're not committed to this work, period, period, no. Like you're not going to do this neatly or like, you know what I mean? And so like you are going to fuck up. The point is Mm -hmm. not to do, like it's perfectionism that's part of the goodness and rightness that we Mm -hmm. need to release and understanding like how perfectionism again is a system of oppression and works to Mm -hmm. keep us quiet and Mm -hmm. works to ensure that we don't resist or revolt. Um, and, um, I think, especially as women identified and femme folks who police each other around perfectionism, Mm um, uh, you know, it's really important that we acknowledge all of these intersectional interlocking forms of oppression and how they show up for ourselves. But yeah, if we can get over. Um, and I'm a Virgo. So let me just tell you, I'm <laughs> a perfectionist. Yeah. Um, it's not to be like perfectionists are wrong. Like we, you know, we all to some degree are struggling with that, but how can we move past it? And allowing yourself that grace also allows other people grace. And it mm-hmm. just really creates um, this ability to connect with ourselves and other in just such a much more deeper and meaningful way and so the the intention and the goal isn't perfection because we will never be perfect at this we as i mentioned a million times always be growing and expanding and evolving hopefully i mean not all of us are let's be real but hopefully Mm -hmm. and so yeah there's no such thing as perfect and also like what's quote-unquote perfect today won't be perfect tomorrow Mm -hmm. um and this collective awakening is quick so like we can talk about two years but like even six months ago like the amount Mm -hmm. i've learned you know like just think about what we've learned in the last two months Mm-hmm. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's huge. And the information that we are, have access to as a collective is huge. So there's, there's a lot of, um, change and we shouldn't be so afraid to get it wrong. Like that's yeah. such an opportunity for growth, getting yes. it wrong. Like that's really where you're going to learn. And that doesn't mean yes. at the same time that you can, you should just like do whatever and be fine with getting it wrong. Cause you are causing harm when you get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to learn. We need to have like some sort of structure for setting ourselves up to succeed as much as we possibly can and understanding what it is we need to do when we do get it wrong to rectify that harm. But if, if we have that on lock, then like, you know, get out there.
0: Yeah. That leads me to my next question, which is your resources, things that you provide. Um, what are those resources? Tell my listeners. I want them to learn from Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> she has all the things. You could just hang, you could they could just hang out with Rachel for a year or two. Yeah, get, like, <laughs> equipped. Um, let's see. So,
1: I have I definitely suggest people check out my website www.rachelricketts.com, and um, I have free resources there. I have um, a list of anti racism resources for folks to move through. Um, no matter who you are, whatever identity identity you occupy, there are resources. There for you. That's a great first step, and I also want to make clear that it's just a first step. I don't want people thinking mm-hmm. that they're reading some stuff and becoming woke just by reading. That's mm-hmm. not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I also offer um, webinars. There's replays of my spiritual activism webinars. Um, there's one hundred and one and one hundred and two. One hundred and one is for everybody to do it together. One hundred and two, we break it up between um, folks of color and mixed folks, and then white white passing folks in a separate space because that's separate work. Um. And, uh, there's, there's more content coming, but for now, that's what's there. There's also um, a bunch of articles by me, um, on my website, there's meditations. Um, I really, really suggest folks sign up to my newsletter. Um, they come out every two weeks and there's tons of soul, soul work, um, calls to action, um, reparation opportunities to keep folks engaged, um, in the inner work and the outer work. Cause we need to be doing both, especially now.
0: So good. You um, also started a fund during, really, at the beginning of the pandemic for Black, Indigenous, and women of color. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because we can still contribute to that fund, yes. correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Talk a little bit about that.
1: So I started um, a GoFundMe. I'm uh, calling it the Coronavirus Crisis Fund for Black and Indigenous women of color, specifically Black and Indigenous women of color located in, in the United States, because um, y'all don't have healthcare, and that is fucking wild. Yeah. So um that was part of how i felt i could spend my power and privilege um being a canadian currently in canada i was supposed to move to new york in february and spirit was like don't do that quite yet and then mm-hmm. Pandemic. Mm-hmm. um so i'm still in canada i still have access to public health care it is real just so you all know it's
0: possible <laughs> it's to have happening. public health
1: care it's really yeah. not that big of a deal Quite It's yeah. simple. Um, so anyways, for those who don't, (laughs) and, um, because I knew, I knew the minute this became a reality that we were going to see how it disproportionately impacted black and indigenous folks, like without question. Um, and I felt that, um, so deeply, like my, my chest physically hurt for two weeks, the same way it did after my mom died. The grief was so, Mm -hmm. so potent and pervasive. Like we're just going to see literally piles of dead black bodies. And I'm sure most of your readers would have seen the New York times cover um, mm-hmm. that came out recently with all those names. And we know the majority of those names are Black and Indigenous folks. Yeah. So I immediately was like, this is not, this is, this is, I mean, again, we know that Black Indigenous folks, women, um, and femmes, including including uh, all folks who are most oppressed by misogyny, so non-binary, gender, non-conforming, gender queer, et cetera, are the most oppressed mm-hmm. um, and uh, on a good day. So in the midst of a pandemic, absolutely are going to need more support um and this is truly a matter of life or death like I mean it it always is really but this is just again um aggravated the inequities that currently exist so for me I was just like what can I do people need money people need to be redirected people I need to I know that I have a community of people who are willing to take action because if you follow me that's what I'm about like I'm not for people to like pussyfoot around or just kind of um you know, step their toe in, I say. Like, if you're if you're part of the community, you're part of the community and, and you're going to be doing the work and you're going to be acting. So here's an opportunity for action. Um, so we've raised close to $35,000, I think, at this point. Um, every single last dollar goes to a Black or Indigenous woman of color. Like, we don't take any, you know, fees or processing, nothing like that. All of this money is being redirected um, just directly to folks who are in need and we're prioritizing um, single parents, um, folks who are differently abled, Um, folks from um, the queer community, uh, trans folks, like the people who need the most support um, are the people that we're doing our best to get funds to and to get funds to as many people as possible.
0: Yeah. And if they, if my listeners want to donate, they go to your website for that as well. Yes.
1: They go on my website. They'll find, find the link. And also if there's anyone, feel free to pass it along. There's a little application form for folks to fill in um, just so we can make sure that we're getting funds to folks who have the most need, um, which is also on my website. Um, and there's also links on my Instagram account for folks too. You can either donate or pass it along to folks who are in need because I know there's so many people in need right now. Mm,
0: thank you for that. I appreciate you doing that. Um, I always ask my guests to drop some wisdom. I like dropping wisdom bombs on people. I do wisdom mm-hmm. bomb, wisdom <laughs> bomb Wednesdays. And um, I'd like to ask you to drop some final wisdom on my listeners. A little nugget of wisdom for them.
1: I think um, this is just such a, a potent opportunity for us to really and truly shift as a collective. Like I said, Mm -hmm. this isn't the first opening or opportunity. I do believe that it will be the last. So um, all of us need to be doing our work. And that work starts internally and collectively, you know, part of this um, pandemic, this slowdown, if you've had the privilege of staying home, which is a privilege, not everybody has. Uh, It's been an opportunity to like find more stillness, um, access more rest, really listen to ourselves and each other. And so few of us have done that. Um, mm-hmm. And there's no shade in that. Again, that's part of how this white supremacist, capitalist, heteropatriarchal machine works. They don't want us rested. They don't want us um, in stillness. They don't want us questioning things or um, um, really doing the work of healing our heart so that we can show up to, to heal the collective. The powers that be are going to work there have been, and will continue to work their damnedest mm-hmm. to ensure that none of that happens. Um, and I would just really implore everyone who's listening, especially those with the most power and privilege, whether it's class or race, ethnicity, um, citizenship, whatever it is, age um, ability to, um, to try and, and, and take a moment to allow this moment to, to, to take hold, you know, not just in your mm-hmm. mind, but in your, in your body. Like I, I would offer folks to, Try doing nothing for a bit today, tomorrow, whenever, um, and see what comes because um I believe we really have an opportunity to tap into the collective energy in a way we haven't before and and use this as a means to create like absolutely urgent and critical collective change, like this is no joke, this is not a drill,
0: so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. not a joke. Thank you, thank you for that. Uh, If they want to follow you on Instagram, you're I am Rachel Ricketts on Instagram. Yes. And rachelricketts.com. Is that where they find all the things? Is there anywhere else? Are those your two main hubs? Those are my two main hubs. Awesome. Rachel, thank you for your time today. So good chatting with you. Thank you. I love it. I love what you're doing. Listeners, please follow Rachel access her resources. I've been accessing them. There's so much there. Great content. Grow, learn, stretch yourself. Use this as an opportunity to get involved get involved no we don't need anybody sitting on the sidelines anymore we need all hands on deck and like rachel said this this is our chance and and we're not going to get another one to really really pull down these systems that are are oppressing um black indigenous and people of color so thank you rachel for bring out being on the show today thank you so much You want to see what I'm up to in between episodes you can follow me on my social channels I'm on Facebook and Instagram LinkedIn YouTube Twitter um, you can also find me at Katara McCarty.com yeah go follow me I'm always dropping some wisdom and pictures and info and all the things go check me out This episode of Red Lips and Eye Rolls was produced by Green Records in New Braunfels, Texas. The studio is situated on Lee Penn land.